What the fuck is up, y'all? Welcome to 2024. This is our first podcast episode of the new year. The first one after a little Christmas break. Any other parents out there so fucking glad. Just over the moon excited that your little amazing semen demons are back in school. No, no, just me. Okay, no, I love my kids. We had... I'm not going to lie. We had a shit Christmas break. Oh my goodness. We had a terrible one. But before that, I guess I should introduce you to the podcast. Welcome to the Be That Bitch podcast with your chaotic host, that bitch, Allie Griffith. Um, If you're new here, this is basically how this podcast goes. It's chaotic. It's insane. It's basically like you're shooting the shit with your best friend. Um, But that's what I wanted because I felt like there were way too many stiff podcasts on the interweb. And I didn't want to be a stiff bitch. I wanted to be like calm, cool, collective. (laughs) Who am I kidding? There's literally nothing calm about me. But I want to be your interweb bestie, right? Like I don't want to be your friend because friends are the ones that are going to tell you what you want to hear. Besties are going to tell you what you need to hear, right? Friends are going to be like, yeah, it's okay. Like it's fine. Like you don't have to do that. But besties are like, bitch, you fucking said you were going to do that. We're committing to that shit. Like let's get up. Let's do this. That's that's the vibe of this podcast. So I am so excited to have y'all here. Like I said in my chaotic update at the beginning, we had a really tough Christmas break. And as you could tell, there was no podcast episode because I record these in real time. Um, We had a Merry Sickmas, not a Merry Christmas. Like my kids were so sick the entire time it started. Like both of them had to miss their last day of school and Christmas parties because they got pink eye and you know, like that's not a big deal, right? Pink eye, whatever. Couple drops, you're good to go. That wasn't what was bad. What was bad, what came after that was Raleigh, my oldest, she got strep throat, (laughs) which sucks. And I was like, fuck, this sucks. And she was miserable. And I feel like it went on forever. And once she started finally feeling better, then my youngest got the flu. like this fucking blows oh my goodness this is terrible and then you know they just kept like passing it around like the little germ goblins they are so you know all that happened they finally got over it and then they gave their mother it so we love that for me because they don't know personal boundaries when they're sick it's fine we're fine everything's fine so now we're all finally feeling better school is back in session it is a nasty dreary day today and i was like you know what it's time it's finally time let's 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 record a podcast episode i am so excited for what 2024 is going to bring to the podcast um fun fact my toddler right? She'll be going to preschool next year. So like, I am so excited to have five days of, you know, like being able to commit to all of this stuff. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff coming in 2024. Now, like that's not happening for eight months. (laughs) We're going to still be in the trenches for eight more months, but it is on the horizons. I feel like 2024 is the year, the year that Ali is finally going to get some time to herself and to be able to do all of this stuff and pour into you guys. And I'm so excited. There's, I have so many big plans for the podcast between interviews. I want to start doing them twice a week. I know you're like, Ali, you can't even do them every week. I get that. But like I said, 2024, we're going to have more time. So we're going to be able to do that. But no, you guys know 
if you follow me on Instagram and if you don't like why the fuck not at Allie Griffith, I am a good time over there. A good time. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I love my raunchy romance books. Like I am such a firm believer in you've got to have hobbies outside of the roles you you play, right? The roles you play, whether it being a mom or a wife or you know, a professional or for me, like a health and fitness coach, like I've got to have things outside of that just for me. And my raunchy romance books are that. And they bring me just an infinite amount of joy. They brought me so many friendships. And I really want to dedicate an episode a week to my love for romance books. And so like having authors on and, you know, getting to shoot the shit with like my book besties and we just are going to have a good time. Like this is going to be like moms after dark vibes where nothing is off limits. It's going to be so much fun. Um, so that is something to look forward to in 2024 is the start of the raunchy romance episodes of be that bitch. Um, more interviews, all that stuff. So you know, just giving you a little sneakity peek of what's to come in 2024. But as I said, you know, it's going to be imperfect because that's just how we do this. Um, now, I did poll the audience. So I like to periodically do polls to see what kind of episodes you guys would want to hear, right? Um, see things that you guys are struggling with so I can make sure this is geared towards you. Because I was going to do, you know, like setting New Year's intentions and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, we're already in the second week of the new year, right? We're already in the second week of January. That means bitches are already struggling. Don't act like you're not. I know you are. And if you're not yet, you will, you will be because it's inevitable. I feel like the struggle, a lot of people are like, you know, scared of the struggle. I feel like you've got to embrace the struggle and know that it's inevitability. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. And when we change our mindset to think, okay, so you know what, like this is going to happen. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. And so I need to prepare myself for that. And so I was like, I want to do an episode geared towards y'all. And so I call this episode, Ask that bitch. And so I'm going to go through the question box and just answer some of the questions that you guys have. Um, it might be a little chaotic because that's just the name of the game, but it's going to be a good time. So without further ado, let's get to our segment, Ask That Bitch. All right, all right, all right, y'all. Let's go ahead and get into these questions. Again, they're not going to be in any order. It might be a little chaotic. I'm just going to ask them as or answer them as they come. Um, so without further ado, let's get to the first one. Eating plans slash fueling your body. What is your advice on eating plans and how do you go about doing those? So my biggest advice when it comes to nutrition, and I know I've done countless episodes on nutrition. My biggest advice when it comes to nutrition is don't follow an eating plan at the beginning. Like that is one of my biggest things. I think a lot of people, they go from their eating being so fucking out of control and eating McDonald's and eating all of this stuff and binging and, you know, like eating out all the time and eating like six Cokes a day, whatever the case may be, right? Like their, their nutrition is insane and way out of control. And then they go from that to I'm gonna eat keto, I'm gonna do paleo, let's track our macros. And like, honey, 
I love, I love the optimism that you feel like you can go from being out of control and insane to very strict, but that's only going to leave you feeling defeated. It's going to leave you feeling restricted. It's going to leave you feeling neglected and it's going to lead to a binge. I don't make the rules. I literally see it all the time throughout my clients. And I know everybody thinks, well, I'm, it's an exception, right? I, I will be the exception. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. So instead, think about building the habits around nutrition. Think about making your goals centered around adding things to your nutrition and adding things to your diet versus being restrictive. It's going to keep your mindset very positive. And so I call it a three-phase approach. This is how I teach my clients. The first phase is focusing on what you can start adding to your diet, right? Focusing on healing your relationship with food. You're not following a nutrition plan at this time. What you're doing is you're adding stuff. So, you know, you're adding water in and what you're subconsciously doing, the more you're focusing on adding water, you're going to be reducing your soda intake. You're going to be reducing all of this other shit that you're drinking because you're not going to be able to drink all of it when you're focused on adding your water, right? So it's like a reverse psychology type thing. Um, Focus on adding veggies, right? If you focus on adding veggies subconsciously, you're going to be eating less of the other foods because you're going to be filling up with the veggies. And so that's what we're kind of trying to do is just focusing on keeping it very positive, focusing on trying to add those healthy habits that you're wanting to do, right? While also simultaneously healing your relationship with food, right? Because we're not being restrictive. We can still have our McDonald's, but add a side salad, right? We can still do the things that we were doing, but we're focusing on these steps that we're taking along the way. I always say focus on one habit a week um, and do that until you feel like you've got a grasp on it and then expand to that. Second phase is where the nutrition plan comes in. So once you've really gotten like I've started adding these habits. I'm making better choices. I've been doing this for a while. Like I feel ready to go to the second phase and that is following the nutrition plan. I get my girls started up with a nutrition plan that's centered around portion control because it teaches them how to fuel their body and in the correct portions because a lot of my girls, they struggle with, um, overeating and binge eating. And so this helps them learn what a correct portion is to retrain their brain. So the second phase is when you are starting with the nutrition plan, but we don't go from phase one to phase two and jump right into 100% the nutrition plan. No, what we do is we go into phase two, but there's like this intermediate, like this, like, I don't know, bridge from phase one to phase two, where you're slowing into the nutrition plan, right? So you're focusing on, all right, this is how many servings of veggies I need. This is the portions. I'm just going to focus on this right now. Then, okay, I've got my veggies. This is how many carbs I need. This is the serving. I'm going to focus on this right now. And you're adding as you go till then eventually you're doing the entire nutrition plan. Do you guys see how I'm doing this? It is such a slow and steady approach, but that is going to help create lasting change because we're literally rewriting our entire history around nutrition while doing this. It's going to be a timely process. It's going to be a slow process, but I swear the slower you take it, the smaller steps you take, the more likely you are going to be able to stick with it because you're not going to be feeling very restricted. Now, does this mean that your results are going to be slower? Absolutely. You are going to have slower results. You're taking a slower approach, but we're not going for fast results. We're going for lasting results, right? You've got to switch your fucking mindset from I want the fastest results to I want the longest written lasting results, right? We don't want the fastest. We want the lastest lasting. 
You know what I mean. Um, so that's phase two is you ease into the nutrition program until you eventually get to the nutrition program. And then phase three is where everyone wants to be. This is where you just live your fucking life. You just live your life and you do it intuitively. You've learned what correct portions are. You've learned all of that stuff. Now you can just eat. You can just enjoy life and eat. This is the phase that a lot of people call intuitive eating. Um, and I feel like for a long time there, right, like that was like a whole nutrition plan, intuitive eating. But I truly believe you cannot go from not knowing how to listen to your body, not understanding your body, not being able to do all of this shit to intuitive eating, right? You can't go from overeating and binge eating and, you know, eating all this McDonald's and all of this shit and following all these diet rules to intuitive eating. You're missing a whole lot of steps there. And so we break it down into very manageable, obtainable steps. Phase one is the longest of all the phases um, because that is the one where you're truly trying to heal yourself from the inside out. And then phase two is one of the second longest, right? Because you're really trying to learn how to fuel your body in a way that's going to create optimal health for yourself. And then phase three is a forever one. Now, that doesn't mean that if you get to phase three, you're not going to fall off and you're going to struggle sometimes and have to go back to phase two. That doesn't mean that. But that just means that you figured it out for right now. Um, okay, so that's how I approach nutrition, fueling my body and stuff like that. I always, I don't give a lot of like nutrition specific because I feel like nutrition is such a individualized thing. Like what works for one person might not work for the other, right? Like what works for me being portion controls and stuff like that might not work for you. What works for you might be weighing your food and doing macros, right? I feel like the nutrition plan you follow is a very like you specific thing and making sure that your body responds to it. But I feel like all of these steps are very universal. I feel like they can benefit a lot of people. So I hope that helps. All right, next thing, balance between all the things in life, being a mom, wife, working, fitness journey, all of those things. I'm going to tell you this in the nicest way that I know possible. There is no balancing. There's just not. There is no way to give equal amounts of yourself every single day to all of these aspects. Some days you're going to give your kids 60% and you're only going to be able to give yourself 30%, right? There's some days where you're going to be able to give your husband 80%, right? It just, it depends. Every day is an ebb and flow. And I feel like at the end of the day, it's just, are we happy with how we showed up that day? Um, I have non-negotiables. And I feel like that helps for me because I am a work from home mom, a work from home wife, right? And I do prioritize my health. I prioritize my habits. Like I love, you know, reading and I prioritize that. Like these are the things that I find that if I don't have them in the day that I am just not a happy person. And my happiness is ultimately my responsibility. And so you have to ask yourself, what every single day are your non-negotiables? And so my non-negotiables, of course, is like making sure my kids are alive because, I mean, they're my kids and I love the shit out of them. Um, A non-negotiable for me is every single day, at least 30 minutes of movement. Every single day, no matter what, 30 minutes of movement. Um, and then another non-negotiable for me is I, I'm going to take time to enjoy the things I enjoy, which is reading because that helps me decompress and all this stuff. Now, some days 
I'll be able to read for like three hours because my kids are being great. They're being self-sufficient, right? My husband's playing his video games. He don't really need anything from me. So I'm going to sit there and read all day. Some days I can only read like 10 minutes, right? But I make sure that I prioritize that because it's something I enjoy. Fitness, right? How do I make that happen with being such a busy mom, wife, all of the things? I'm going to tell you this. You just make it fucking happen. I wake up at the crack ass of dawn. I do because I know that I am a way better and happier human if I take care of myself first thing in the morning. And I know that once my kids get up, it's a free for all. Like, I don't know when I'll be able to work out. I don't know if I'm going to be able to work out. And I know that workout's not going to be going undisturbed because my kids need me 8,000,000, times during a workout. And so I wake up before my kids. That's just something that I do. It's a non-negotiable for me. It helps set me up for success. It helps me start my day on the offense, not the defense. Y'all, I'm telling you, I am not a morning person. I loathe mornings. But there is nothing better than starting your day on the offense versus the defense. I swear, if you get woke up by your kids, you already feel behind. Like you already feel like you're on the defense because whatever mood, whatever mood those little, little turdlets are in are lovely, amazing children, right? They are already projecting that mood onto us and they control that narrative. And so when you wake up first and you take that time for you, whether it's you wake up and start a cup of drink a cup of coffee without your kids awake or you wake up and get your workout in or whatever the case may be, it's going to have you controlling your mood. So then you are on the offense. I'm telling you, that was like the biggest game changer I ever did. Now I've got kind of like addicted to waking up before my kids and I wake up way earlier. Now, sometimes those insane kids wake up like this morning. They woke up at 5.30 this morning. Excuse me. Absolutely not, children. Go back to bed. But alas, they did not. So at that point, you just got to give them the iPad and say, I'm still taking care of me. This is my morning routine. Y'all chose to be up. Here's your iPad. Enjoy your morning. Um, I am a big, big advocate for ad- iPad time. I don't really like monitor my kids screen time unless they're being turds and then I will restrict um now maybe that's not gonna work for you right you've just got to figure out what works best for you but I will say having those non-negotiables is so important and just knowing some days you're gonna be able to give more to one area of your life than the other it's a given right but all that matters is it's a good ebb and flow throughout it all um so having the non-negotiables for yourself right having the non-negotiables for your household and just giving yourself grace knowing that every day is not going to be great you're just gonna have to figure it out as you go um but yeah that is one thing that i will not ever sacrifice is taking care of me because we have to remind ourselves as you know head of household, right? We're the ones that keep this ship moving that we cannot do that if we don't feel our best. We cannot do that if we're not taking care of us, right? If we're not making sure that we're prioritizing our health. So that's kind of how I do it. I just kind of get selfish and make sure that, you know what? I take care of me first thing in the morning. I prioritize that because I don't want my kids growing up and not prioritizing their health. You know what I mean? Okay, moving on. I love that a lot of us are needing time management tips because the next three are time management tips, motherhood and marriage and balancing tips, anything. Y'all, 
I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to leave it at this. Please stop putting this pressure on yourself to give equal amounts to all areas of your life. Like I know, and you know what, this might sound a little sexist of me, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Our husbands are not waking up thinking, how am I going to be able to give equal amounts of myself to the kids, to, you know, the house, to work, to all of these things? Like, they're not thinking these things. Why do we put pressure on ourselves as wives to feel like we have to do it all? I'm going to tell you this, and this was one of the best tips that somebody else gave me is nobody told you you have to do it all. You are putting that pressure on yourself to do it all. Do not feel afraid to outsource, to ask for help. Like that is one of the biggest things that I ever learned was early on in my fitness journey was asking for help, was not assuming all the responsibility on myself. Like my husband on days that I have to run because sometimes, you know, like I have to run when he gets home from work. I say, all right, bro, you got supper, you got bath duty, I'm going to run. And he does it because we're a team. Like this is, this is not like a, it's a me and him and like two separate boxes. And he, no, we are a team. We pick up where others, like where we're, where one can't, you know? So that is one of them. My biggest time management tips is one, like ask for help if you need help. Like don't assume all this responsibility on yourself. Two, asking yourself, how are you utilizing the time you have? I think I did an entire podcast episode on time management, but a big wake up call for me was when I went to my screen time and I saw how much time I was spending on Instagram and I saw how much time I was spending on TikTok. And I realized like I have the time, I'm not utilizing it effectively. Um, so making sure that you're utilizing your time effectively. I always wake up early in the morning and get everything that I have to get done in the morning before my day goes to shit. Like before anything possibly could happen, I make sure I get done the core things of what I need to get done. So I make sure that I work out. I make sure that I go and check in on my clients. I make sure that I respond to emails and DMs so that I know that no matter how much the day might go to shit, at least I got the core foundation of what I need to get done done. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, right? So what would you do? You could wake up before the kids, get your workout in, get that self-care done, um, do a load of laundry, do a load of dishes so you know that you got at least something effective done. Um, it's always called, what is it called? There's a personal development book about it. It's like, uh, eat that frog. Hold on. Let me Google it. Yeah. So it's called eat that frog 21 great ways to stop procrastinating. It's by Brian Tracy. It is such a good book, but essentially the idea around the book is doing the shit that you really don't want to do first. Like the shit that you know you're going to spend all day dreading and procrastinating and stuff like that, doing that first. And that was why I started working out first thing in the morning because I knew if I work out in the evening, I'm going to talk myself out of it. I'm procrastinate that bitch till I am well and truly done, right? So I knew like if I get it done first in the morning, then I ain't give my time time to like uh, procrastinate it, right? So if you deal like struggle with a lot of procrastination and struggle with time management, I highly, highly recommend that book. Um, okay, next question. We're two weeks into the new year and already want to quit. How to keep going? So I feel like a lot of the times we want to quit because of a few things. One, we're trying to do too much, 
right? We're trying to overhaul our entire life because we feel like we have to have this whole new year, new me persona. That's one reason why we want to quit. Two is we're staying hyper-focused on these results and we feel like results aren't coming fast enough. We get this, it's not happening fast enough mentality. That's another reason why we would want to quit. And number three, we would want to quit because we're feeling like we're not being perfect at it. So if we're not being perfect at it, why even try it? Right? Why even keep going? Because I've already failed if I'm not doing it perfectly. I first want you to think this. Is quitting going to get you there any faster? Is it? Is quitting right now going to speed up the journey? No. It's going to send you right back to where you were when you decided you wanted to fucking change your life. And so are you okay with spending the rest of your life where you were when you decided that you needed to change your life because of whatever the fucking reason is. And if the answer is no, then why the hell is quitting even an option? Why is quitting even in your fucking thought process? You have to take quitting off the table. You can adjust, you can redirect, you can pull back, but do not allow yourself to quit. And so how can we adjust if we're feeling like, right, we're two weeks into this new year and you already want to quit. First, you want to ask yourself, why do I want to quit? Why am I feeling that inherent desire to quit? Is it because you feel like the results aren't coming fast enough, right? It's two weeks in, I've only lost one pound, right? We've got to lose this idea of these results have to like, instantly come right they have to, it's not fucking amazon prime amazon prime isn't even two-day delivery anymore amazon prime takes longer than two days now right like the results are going to take when they take i say when you first start i do not recommend even stepping on a scale because we get so hyper focused on the number on the results on all of this stuff that we allow ourselves to talk ourselves out of keep going a lot easier. And so maybe you're feeling that like, I'm not losing the weight fast enough. Just ditch the scale. Don't even look at it. Pick it up in two months when you've started creating this habit and then you can start looking at it, right? Maybe you're wanting her to give up because you feel like you bit off more than you could chew. It's okay to dial it back. Maybe you just need to change your approach, right? Maybe instead of, okay, I put pressure on myself to go to the gym six times and I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling anxious. Why can't you just bring it back a little bit, right? Go, go to four days until you feel like you can work your way up to six days. I feel like you have to decide why you're feeling like you want to quit but you also have to realize that quitting is not an option. So we have to figure out a way to keep going in a way that's gonna feel good in a way that's gonna promote consistency without quitting. So many of us make quitting so fucking easy. We make it so fucking easy to quit on ourselves, but we're not gonna quit on others, so why are we allowing ourselves to quit on ourselves? It's two weeks. It's going to take longer than two weeks to build that habit. It's going to take longer than two weeks to see those results. It's going to take longer than that. But we have to realize at the end of the day, there was a reason why we started this. There was a reason why we felt like we needed to start this journey. And you got to hold on to that. The beginning is the hardest. I'm not even going to lie. The beginning is the hardest because you're trying to build those habits, right? You're trying to overwrite years and years and years of terrible habits and turning them into good habits. And it's a fucking hard process. I compare it to like pushing a boulder up a hill, right? The first year of your journey 
is like pushing a boulder up a hill. But after you get past that first year, I feel like you finally start like that boulder. It, it, you're in flat level ground at that point. Like it's easy to move. It's easy to maneuver. But that first year is really, really tough. But that just means you got to be tougher. Keep going. Just keep going and don't give up. I literally got keep going tattooed on my wrist to remind me that no matter what, giving up is not an option. Keep going, keep fighting, because the only way you get through the tough stuff is to go through it, okay? All right, next question. I would love tips on doing things that are outside of your comfort zone and pushing through that uncomfortable feeling. So I made a few New Year's like goals of mine to do things that make me feel very uncomfortable. And one of those things is meeting new people, talking to new people, leaving my house. I am very introverted. I'm, I would say I'm more of an omnivert. Like I can have extroverted moments, but only in little spurts. And then I have to retreat to my house, but I just, I just don't like leaving my house. Um, and I found myself at the end of 2023, like literally only hanging out with friends. I think I hung out with friends like a total of four or five times throughout the entire year. Um, and I just realized that I wasn't prioritizing in real life relationships. Um, and that's probably why I was able to read over 200 books last year is because I never left my house. And so this year I made it a goal of mine to do something that pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And that was every single month I want to go out with somebody that I haven't seen in a long time or go out with a new friend and go into the real world and socialize with people and put the book down. Um, and this is like a very uncomfortable thing for me. It's very hard. I get in my head. I'm like stressed about it. And it's just like a whole thing. So like, let me give you the example. This past weekend, um, I did a friend date and it was my first one. I was so excited. Um, I sent her a text message. Like that's something that I never do is initiate text messages. And I sent her a text message and I was like, hey, how are you? Like, I've never met this girl in life. We met on Instagram um, and we exchanged number because she just moved to the state and I like texted her and I was like, hey, do you want to like get supper sometime soon or whatever? She's like, yes, I'd love to hang out. Just let me know whenever. And I was like, all right, I don't know customary like, I don't know customary. Is there like, do you have to give like a lot of notice? I got in my head about it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, <laughs> fuck it. I was like, is, is now too soon? Like, is... she's like, no. And we ended up going and hanging out. And I just remember sitting there like before she got there and I was so nervous and so scared. And it was the best time I had ever had. And now I just kind of like remind myself, I'm like, you know what? it would have sucked to not have that experience, right? How many things have we done that were so uncomfortable and we were so scared, but at the end of it, we were so excited that we did it, right? Like think about the first time you rode a roller coaster, right? How scared you were, how nervous you were. It was outside of your comfort zone, but then you did it and you were so fucking glad you did. And now you do them all the time, right? And I'm sure there's tons of other things, right? Maybe it was the first time you got on an airplane. Maybe it was the first time you did whatever, right? But there's so many things that we've done that are outside of our comfort zone or new and that we've turned into such great experiences. And we just have to ask ourselves this, right? 
am I going to get more in the long run out of staying inside this comfort zone or pushing myself out of it? And how can I push myself outside of my comfort zone without obliterating it? I feel like, like we said with nutrition, right? Taking small steps, taking baby steps. And I feel like that is like such a good motto to have with everything in our life, including doing things that push us outside of our comfort zone. So like, Maybe your big goal is you want to go across the country, right? Like you've never left the country and you want to leave the country. Like how can you start taking steps towards that that feel comfortable but without like obliterating your comfort zone? Maybe it's leaving the state, going to a state you've never been to. Or maybe it's, you know, like researching I don't know, stuff like that. So just thinking about maybe taking those baby steps and just slowly easing yourself outside of that comfort zone. But I will tell you guys, every single time I've done something that's outside of my comfort zone, I've never regretted it because I've learned something from it, right? I did 75 hard and that was so far fucking outside of my comfort zone and it completely changed my life, right? I you know, went outside of the country by myself, which was so outside of my comfort zone, made me so nervous. And I ended up having the best time I've ever had because I was just there by myself, enjoying time by myself, getting to learn more about myself, right? And so I just want you to think the next time you're doing or contemplating doing something that's outside of your comfort zone, how can this hurt? right? It's going to make you feel uncomfortable, but like how it it could also change your life. It could also make you feel great. Um, so like, that's my motto for 2024. Like let's get uncomfy. Let's fucking get uncomfy, push ourselves outside of that comfort zone and you know, embrace it. So that's, that's a little bit of a tip ski, but I will tell you, I'm excited to keep pushing myself outside of my comfort zone in 2024. Um, I have some insane goals for 2024, and some of them scare the shit out of me that I've never done them. But you never know until you you try, right? So, anywho, all right. I feel like that's all the time we have for questions. Make this a short, sweet episode. Um, again, if you guys ever have any podcast episode ideas, any questions you want me to answer, anything, you can always email me at be that be pod at gmail.com be that be pod at gmail.com i'm always open for suggestions and stuff you know this is all for fun skis i just love getting to help pour into y'all and i'm so excited to see what more is coming in 2024 but if you like this episode do me a solid go and share it to your instagram stories and tag me so i can say thank you and talk to you about it Leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps the podcast grow. And I've got some great things coming in 2024. So anyways, all right, I'm going to leave you like I leave it every single time in a world full of bitches. Be that bitch. Love y'all.